0: Welcome to the 11th episode in our podcast series about positive intelligence.
1: I'm Amy Moser, and this is Charlie Jett. We are two certified positive intelligence coaches and partners. I'm in London, England, and I'm a U.S., U.K., and Italian citizen, and I work internationally with divorce lawyers, parents, and kids to develop a fresh mindset about divorce. And I'm coincidentally running a free seminar on positive intelligence parenting on 15th of October.
0: So I'll that's tell you fantastic. More that. That's fantastic, Amy. We'll learn more about that uh, toward the end of this. And you can tell us more about that. Uh, and I'm in Chicago. I'm Charlie Jett. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually in a building near where Amy used to work. And I work with individuals and businesses on career coaching. And I'm the author of several books that are listed on Amazon. One actually went to number one on Amazon. It was a memoir about nuclear submarines. Now in the last episode, certified positive intelligent coach Diane, Diana Boskma and I discussed one of the saboteurs, the victim.
1: And in this episode, Charlie and I will focus on another saboteur, the controller. Now this is the one that can be lethal for parents, um, and that's including me with two teenagers. But it's also popular with CEOs, Academy Award winners, and prime ministers. Everyone has saboteurs, by the way.
0: They certainly do, Amy, and, and we've gone through them in previous episodes and we'll go through some more. But the individuals with the controller saboteur, they have they display several characteristics. They they generally are they have some sort of anxiety-based need to take charge and control situations. And they like to bend people's actions to their own will. They like to come in and just take charge. And whenever they can't do that, they they get really affected by high anxiety and impatience.
1: So some characteristics of individuals with the control or saboteur are um, connecting with others through competition and challenge and conflict rather than softer emotions. And you might think of like a CEO that's really aggressive or even a parent who is really pushing their kids. Um, They have a willful confrontational manner and they're probably a straight talker, but they really push people beyond their comfort zone and intimidate other people. And when you hear that last one, intimidating, it sounds like the opposite of the ideal parent or leader.
0: You know, but like with other, the other saboteurs, there are people, people who have the controller as a saboteur tour, do have their strengths. And as you said, they are confident, they're action-oriented, they're decisive and persistent, mm-hmm. and they're not, not afraid to challenge themselves and others. Uh, and they're they're able to do the right thing, even if it's unpopular. They're not really the pleaser. They'll, they're they're willing to step up and and do the right thing, even if it's unpopular. And they see possibilities uh, and and in in self and others toward outcomes when they when they're confronted with circumstances.
1: But as is true with all the saboteurs, these strengths are taken to the extreme. So when I'm talking to my clients, I call this overdrive. Um, So you've gone into overdrive.
0: Overdrive, I like it.
1: And you want to get back into normal drive. (laughs) Um, And this is where positive intelligence helps. As you know, the ultimate goal of positive intelligence is to regulate that imbalance between the left and the right brain. Or when I put it simply, it's turning down the volume of voices that are coming from the saboteurs and turning up the volume of voices coming from what we call the sage perspective. And remember, saboteurs are not you. I call them the little gremlin on your shoulder that tells you lies.
0: So <laughs> I like I'm, that.
1: Yeah. I imagine the controller is a greedy, ugly little guy looking somewhat like a Halloween goblin.
0: <laughs> okay, Amy, so let's meet the controller. And to start out, why? It, tell, tell me, how do individuals know when their controller starts showing up?
1: Well, I have done some saboteur workshops with parents. And um, it's interesting that a lot of them say, well, this controller is one of my top saboteurs when I'm a parent, like not necessarily at work. So it's like kind of high anxiety when things are not going my way. So for example, around bedtimes, you know, just getting into that mode of, okay, now we have to do what I say and being angry and intimidating with uh, when others don't follow. Um, also controller shows up in many high conflict divorces, like usually with the pleaser at the opposite.
0: <laughs> you know, uh, I always recognize uh, when the controller is showing up in someone because they they tend to move to the front of the room. You know, yeah. it's almost like in the military, you want to say, and, you know, and stand <laughs> up and uh, and 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 salute them and that sort of thing. And what does uh, what does the controller actually surface in people when when they do show up?
1: Um I think it's it's this kind of discomfort and impatience with others. Like my own personal example, um, I, was in, um, I was defending my own self in a divorce hearing and I needed to keep researching more and more case law about this topic. And that was just out of control to me. Um, and I was just highly anxious about this and feeling like you know, controlling would be the answer.
0: Yeah, and I the experience I had was a rather sad one many years ago, where my my former wife uh, had a, a terminal medical disease a disease. It was cancer. It was a form of cancer, and uh, I had this great need to take charge of her care and uh, control. You know, really uh, make sure everything was done just absolutely right, and and that sort of thing. And it went so far as that you know. Three months or so after she had passed away, um, I actually went to her mother and said, listen, this is really bothering me. And uh, I want I want your permission to let go Mm -hmm. because I I can't do anything anymore. I can't control it anymore. And it was really a horrible, high anxiety and uncomfortable situation. Now, regarding the controller source, Amy, where does Mm -hmm. this controller come from?
1: It can be a couple different things. Some people are just born with it. Some people have some early life experiences, maybe where the child is forced to grow up fast and be on their own to survive. Um, I've worked a lot with divorce lawyers and I've found in that case, when I'm coaching them, they have a need to win and a need to be right. So it's a kind of black and white, um, wanting to have this defense against vulnerability
0: yeah, I think, uh, I think maybe a source uh, for some of this controller uh, uh, saboteur could come from people, an analogy I can think of is in sports, where somebody becomes the captain of a team or something like that and just is in charge and gets used to that sort of stuff. And, and that can be a, a source of being a controller. Well, you know, as you mentioned earlier, there are these things are like little gremlins that sit on your shoulder and tell you lies, and uh, what are some of the biggest lies that the controller tells you or, or, or your clients or people affected with that? And what are the counters to those lies?
1: Well, I think I like to hear it in sort of a quote from yeah. the controller and that it's, you know, sitting on my shoulder and it's really saying these things to me. Um, so without me, you can't get much done. Yeah. So it's really saying, you know, you need me to survive here and you need to push people, including yourself. Um, And my own personal example again goes back to my divorce where I had a friend who um, described it as a kind of game of chess. um, And it was falling into this kind of high conflict pattern. So I think those voices of like, you need to push people. Um, if I don't control, I will be controlled and I can't live with that. Um, and then this one about, you know, at, with families or with the team at work, I'm trying to get the job done for all our sakes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like you, like you say, uh, you need me to get it done. I have to be, uh, if, if, you, if I'm not, if I don't take charge, you're never going to get this done. You know, and I, I've we've all seen that a lot, and and you know, a person who's got the controller is showing up is showing up whenever they whenever they do that. Now, when when they do this, it comes at a price. You know, what do you think uh, the cost to someone is when they don't turn down that volume of the controller?
1: Yeah, I think that people sometimes say, "Well, why is that such a saboteur?" Um, but Really, when you are in this sort of space, you probably are not happy. Um, you're getting temporary results, but at the cost of other people feeling controlled and resentful. And so those people don't feel like they're able to tap into their own greater reserves. So, when you think about that, like for example, for a parent to be that way, you know, they're stopping their child from learning how to do things or taking responsibilities. Um, And, you know, the thing that's ironic about it is that, um, you know, work and life, they're not ultimately controllable, and people accept that on an intellectual level, but the kind of anxiety that it creates anyway, um, especially for people that have this controller really strong, that that is, you know, something they're faced with all the time.
0: Yeah, that and, and getting uh, all that resentment and so forth is a is a high price to pay and it, it really, really affects uh, relationships. And it you know, it, it not only uh, affects the performance of a group, if people feel like they're over controlled, but it can uh, affect happiness because of the resentment and that sort of thing. And what um, what are some of your thoughts about how the, uh, the controller can get in the way of uh, performance or happiness?
1: Well, I think looking at the whole divorce space, um, you know, when I've worked with some women, for example, who say, I only want the house. <laughs> so they're kind of in this space of, that's the thing, you know, I can't imagine being able to move out of this house. I want that whole thing. And so, you know that makes it impossible to do like mediation mm-hmm. if they're stuck in that place and also like for their kids it also makes it difficult in terms of you know one parent is going to be in the old house and one parent will be in another house um, so that whole idea of getting stuck in that it can get really in the way of happiness and it makes up missed opportunities. So, like in that example, there might be an opportunity to move to a much lovelier house that would be better for everybody. Um, and it has a negative impact on relationships because maybe then the divorce won't get solved for a long time because they're stuck in that controlling place. Um, and it intimidates other people. So, you know, in that scenario, also like a mediator. Is really going to feel intimidated if somebody is coming in there and saying, This is the only thing that I will be satisfied
0: with. Yeah, I can tell you. You know, you give the example of uh, divorce and so forth uh, as, uh, you know, evidence of uh, the controller. I, it just made me think of my own experience, uh, you know, and somebody in uh, when they're having affairs. They basically are in control of the relationship and, you know, they, they control all this sort of stuff. And I, when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend, my high school sweetheart, and uh, turns out my father and her mother had an affair and long story short, a couple of years later, my father and mother got a divorce and my father married my girlfriend's mother. And so my girlfriend became my stepsister. Now, that was a very significant impact on happiness. That created some, it's an effect of uh, what a controller can do. And it really, it really affected me. And, and it certainly, you know, our, that relationship uh, was over long ago. So <laughs> moving on now, uh, when, you, when you talk to someone with, uh, with a uh, controller problem, What's the most powerful way that you, Amy, can suggest that they control, you know, that you say to turn down that volume? What's the most powerful way that you can suggest that someone can turn down that volume?
1: Well, Charlie, there's a couple of really foundational things in a positive intelligence program that um, I think relate to this. So, this idea of having empathy for yourself. So, many people. These types of people that are controllers, they would never, you know, look at that that they might feel empathy for themselves. Um, and there's a lot within our program that we work on that develops that sage power, as we call it. Um, also, vulnerability is not a weakness, and it can be a strength. And I've worked with several clients on this, um, especially just kind of opening it up, you know, ten percent more. Yeah which is what we talk about in positive intelligence, 10% more vulnerability. Um, and people with, also, the
0: people with the controller um, are reluctant to become vulnerable, aren't they?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, I think that there could be this real fear yeah. to do that. And they are certainly missing out on a lot by not using that vulnerability yeah um also we talk in the program about pq reps oh yeah explain a little bit about that um so pq reps are a kind of mini meditation that you can do within a moment um so i'll just do one really quickly um okay so my favorite one is to rub two fingers together so thumb and forefinger so If you're um, listening, you can play along. But
0: not if you're driving.
1: (laughs) Not if you're driving, no. But otherwise, yes. So just kind of slow down your breathing a little bit. And really focus on exquisite attention on those fingerprints rubbing together. So that has brought you basically over to the other side of your brain now. And um, that's a really foundational thing within our program that you learn to do those at all times when you're feeling this kind of pain of the saboteur coming at you.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Amy, uh, when you first explain this, sort of thing like these pq reps to someone they you know they're very skeptical uh like oh you know i don't know if that's going to work this is a gimmick and that sort of thing and quite frankly the pq reps do not work if you don't practice them and when you're what you're actually doing when you practice these, or practice the PQ reps over a period of time, is you're actually building neural pathways in your brain, actually physical neural pathways in your brain. So, what happens is there's nothing magic about rub, rubbing your fingers together, but when you do it, it triggers a memory that activates, uh, you know, actually turns down the volume of that left brain and turns up the volume of the right. So, they do work. They don't work if you just say, uh, Oh, oh, that sounds good. Academically, I tried it once and it didn't work. Uh, Then, you know, that doesn't work. You have to practice it. And, you know, you, you offer programs as do I, that enable people to practice this And the first three weeks of those programs are basically intensive practice and self-command to actually make these things work. You actually build up as, uh, as positive intelligence, people call it the muscles of your brain. He calls them muscles. And that's true. And, uh, it really, really works. You know, another thing um, that I re- that 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 a controller, a person plagued by the controller, could really benefit from is when they, in particular, if they're a manager or something, and they're in a meeting with uh, where they're brainstorming, is use the yes and technique, where they first of all assume that anybody, any idea that anybody has can be expressed in a safe place, and that's not going to be judged and that at least 10% of it is right, even though if you don't believe that, you just say assume 10% of it's right. And when you listen to somebody in the brainstorming session, what you do is you you respond by saying, yes, I love what you say about that, or I like what you say about it, if you don't love it. And And then you say, yes, and, and then you build upon what they said. Never, never, never do you say yes, but, because then you're being judgmental and that triggers the right, the left side of your brain and in comes the judge and all the saboteurs clapping their hands saying, yeah, you're listening to me now. So anyway, Amy, this is really, really, really worthwhile and fun. And I just really enjoy talking to you about this.
1: Yeah, same here. Um, And I was just thinking of when you were talking about that, another foundational part of our PQ program, which is that every situation is a gift. Yeah. No matter whether it, it you see it as bad, maybe right now, um, but if you can, you know, sort of spy into the future that you can look back later and see this situation as a gift, then I think that it's going to calm down your controller. It's going to also help you feel like some of my clients have said, you know, any outcome is going to be okay.
0: Yeah, it's hard to do, you know, it's, you know, finding the gift in a negative circumstance is a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah. And that's part of the training.
0: That's part of the training.
1: Yeah, because it's worth it. I think once you get toward that place. Um, And I also just wanted to bring up another one of our sage powers that we call them, which is called navigate. And that is, um, you're looking at yourself as your 80 year old healthy person, and you're looking back on your life, um, and looking at this kind of place where you are now, and finding out, you know, what is important and what is not important.
0: It's kind of like just- you're 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 looking at all those things that you came up with in a brainstorming session. Uh, of the innovate session, of the innovate power. And, and then you're looking back at them as your wiser, your elder self. Right, and, right. And that's when you do the uh, the evaluation. And then you shift into, what's the other thing you shift into when you do that?
1: Well, you can shift into exploring mm-hmm. um, and looking at the bigger picture. Yep. Um, and that can help you also to see some of the parts of the puzzle that may not have been apparent before. Yep. And you sort of you know, investigating like the anthropologist.
0: Yeah, and then, and then when you get right down after you do all that, you activate. Mm, you pick yeah. out the most important things. You not only activate, pick the things you're gonna do, but you make a commitment to do them. And you, yeah. you hold yourself accountable to do them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, And that feels good, you know, um, especially in my clients' experiences, you know, when I have been able to do that, especially at the end of a coaching session, um, to have that kind of accountability and to have that kind of energy going forward is really valuable.
0: Fantastic. Well, this has been fun, Amy.
1: It has. Um, And Charlie... um, it's just a great kind of discussion and a closer examination of this controller, which I think it's always been an intriguing saboteur for all of us.
0: It is that controller is, is, is intriguing and the controller controller also has tag team members. The controller, you know, the other saboteurs come waltzing in there too. Well, Amy, thank you so very, very much for joining me as a co-host today. And and we look forward in subsequent episodes to taking a deep dive into some of the other accomplice saboteurs. Now, Amy, where can, where can one contact you? You mentioned you were having a workshop on the 16th or in a couple the weeks.
1: The 15th, Did yeah. You? So this is one called PQ for Parents. So I'm doing this on behalf of the positive intelligence parent community. So we've got quite a few people in there working for making positive intelligence work for parents. So it's gonna be a really fun interactive workshop, uh, one and a half hours, um, where people can really bring their own dilemmas, real life dilemmas about their kids and get some real fresh thinking using this positive intelligence framework. And I will just give you my website, which is very new, I'm excited about it. Okay. It's HTTPS slash slash Amy Moser, A-M-Y-M-O-S-E-R dot Coaches Console, C-O-A-C-H-E-S Console, C-O-N-S-O-L-E dot com.
0: Amy Moser, Coaches Console. That's it. And that's where they can find out more about this uh, workshop that you're doing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I am also starting um, two programs on 18th of October for positive intelligence, eight week programs. One is for um, parents and the other one is for family lawyers. Fantastic. So that's my
0: Fantastic. other audience. Well, Amy, uh, you can, yeah. you, you can contact me at uh, CharlieJetCoaching.com and That's t coaching and then .com or on this website where we post these podcasts, it's called podcastpq.com, where you can come and learn all about positive intelligence from different points of view, from different certified coaches from around the world. Well, thank you all for joining us. And we'll see you soon in our next episode, where master coach and certified positive intelligence coach, Pam Knox, and I will discuss will discuss the restless